Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, a weekly podcast designed to educate the listener on Kentucky horse racing and handicapping. And now, here are your hosts, CC Broadus. The train is widening now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Alan Schneider. Secretariat by 14 lengths on the turn. And Brandon Jaggers. But Secretariat is all alone. He's out there almost a sixteenth of a mile away from the rest of the horses. Secretariat is in a position that seems impossible to catch. They're in the stretch. Secretariat has opened a 22-length lead. He is going to be the Triple Crown winner. Here comes Secretariat to the wire. An unbelievable, an amazing performance. He hits the finish 25 lengths in front. It's going to be... Welcome to the first annual Belmont Stakes Seminar presented by the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm your host, C.C. Broadus. I'm joined by my friends, Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, and we're ready to do a deep dive into the Belmont Stakes field of 2020. In 1973, Secretariat won the Belmont Stakes by over 31 links, completing the first Triple Crown sweep since 1948 when Citation did it. Secretariat transcended sport and he became a household name overnight across America and around the world. He is now the yardstick for which every horse is measured. And as one pundit put it, his only frame of reference is himself. You guys have any thoughts on uh, on Big Red himself? Just a monster. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, to, to this day, I think it's one of the greatest sporting achievements uh, known to man. It, you know, it gets overlooked because it's, a, it's an equine. It's a horse. But... Uh, it, to this day, it still gives me chills. In 1989, I was lucky enough to go visit Claiborne Farm where he stood at stud. It was about a month before he died. And uh, it, it was like today seeing somebody like LeBron James or Tom Brady. It was uh, uh, just like seeing a hero in the flesh. I mean, at, at age 19, he looked like he could go out and win the Kentucky Derby that day. And, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and of course. The first thing, you, first thing you want to do when you see a, a horse is you want to go pet him, and and uh, it was it was a pretty cool deal. They 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 let us spend a lot of time with him, but unfortunately he died about a, a month later. But we were lucky enough to to go see him uh, uh, right there toward the end of his life. So the uh, the Belmont Stakes is on Saturday. This is uh, it's a unique year. They've shortened the distance. It's Normally a mile and a half, 12 furlongs. Now it's, now it's down to nine furlongs. Uh, it's it's a one-turn race at Belmont. Belmont's a, a, a different configuration than most of our American tracks. The run-up to the far turn is long. It's nearly three-quarters of a mile. So in this, inst- in this instance, post position uh, should not be an issue. Now, Saturday is going to be a beautiful day uh, in Elmont, New York. 80 degrees, partly cloudy skies. And... Our plan is to uh, to try to try to flesh out a winner for you, maybe offer you some plays, and help you help you make a profit this Saturday. Uh, I'm going to give a, a sheets perspective on each horse in the race, and my pals Alan and Brandon are going to chime in with their perspective. And we're going to start out with number one, Tap It to Win. He's six to one on the morning line for Mark Cassie and, and jockey John Velasquez. Tap to win, ran a good figure as a two-year-old at Saratoga, and that effort, that effort apparently knocked him out for the rest of his two-year-old season. He was not competitive at all in Stakes Company later that year. He returned with a nice race at Gulfstream in early May and did not bounce when he came back in his second start. Trainer Cassie is good off of short layoffs. However, it is unlikely that he will improve to win this, but he does get the rail, and if he does inch forward off that last effort, with a ground-saving trip, then I think he's got a chance to get a piece of this. What about you, Alan? I've been Highland Tappet to win for since last since last year. Uh, he did go off the rails. Maybe he's I see he's a Ridgeling. Maybe they performed half of the ultimate surgery on him in the downtime. I don't know, but he's a different animal this year. Uh, remarkably quick uh, race last time at Belmont, going one turn as well. Aired, never threatened. He's going to be a threat in here today, I'd say. 
Yeah, I totally agree with Alan. Um, I, you know, went back and watched the replay of the last two races. It's like his form totally changed. It's something a light went off. You know, Mark Cassie has the ability to do that. And I like the rider getting Johnny V back up, uh, you know, going a mile and the, the mile in the eighth. I, I'm not afraid of that at all because of the tap at bloodline and, uh, you know, also the damn side. So, uh, I, you know, just watching those replays, he looked like total command. The only knock I thought, you know, a little bit, I'd like to see him a little more rested, but I think he's going to be just fine. I think just fine. Okay, number two is Sole Volante. He's nine to two on the morning line for trainer Patrick Biancone, who finished third in this race in 1989 with La Voyageur behind Easy Goer and Sunday Silence. Sole Volante will be ridden by Luca Panici. He ran a good fig on turf as a two-year-old. Then he ran a top, which is a career-best performance, and then paired up his top in his second start. Now, a pair-up is a match of his career-best performance. After a long break, he paired up again and is actually the second fastest horse in the race. However, he just comes off 10 days rest and he's shipping from Florida to New York. And his jockey, Luca Panici, has never ridden at Belmont Park where it's easy to get lost around the massive turns. I think this one's an underlay, but if he does manage to pair up his best effort, then he does have a chance to hit the board. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. I'm a fan of this horse. I like Soli Volante. And... I'm having a hard time pressing a button today, and it's mainly because the, the turnaround's an issue. I like the fact that it's one turn. I think this this horse can run one turn. This horse can do a lot of different things. One turn, two turn. It's nothing against Luca Panici. Uh, he's a fine rider down in Florida, but again, if you're new to the Belmont circuit and you've never run a one turn mile and eighth race before, which I'm guessing Panici probably has not done that much. It's a it's a long run of the first turn. This horse is a closer. You got the sweeping turn. Uh, that's my issue is, is he going to get, is he going to know when to push the button? The horse might be talented enough to do it on his own, but again, it, Panici is going to go up against a bunch of guys who do this for a living in New York. So that's a little worry for me, but I love the racehorse. Yeah, I, I can't knock him, you know, except I, I'm not a big, you know, when you run a classic Belmont race, it's usually a bred race. You're like, who has the best or top longest breeding to me? Now this whole year has been wacky and thrown off. Caraconti can't really knock it, but I, I don't see it going much further than the mile and the, and the eighth. I, you know, I think it may f- fade down the stretch. And like you said, if you've ever been to Belmont, and I sat right in the middle of the track one year, you look at, you know, the oval corners or where they're going to start. It's like eternity. It is the longest stretch you know, on that backside to get home. And it's just, I, I don't know if this horse has got it. I've circled underneath, uh, you know, because I do like when, you know, a trainer has a little piece of the horse that really vested in that horse. So it's a maybe an under underlay there of, of where I'd place it. But, uh, you know, there's others to consider. Number three is Max Player. He's 15 to 1 on the morning line for Joel Rosario and trainer Linda Rice. Max Player ran a nice race in late December at Parks, then ran a new top at Aqueduct in the stakes. Now, he's been off over four months since that race. It's possible that he could have developed significantly during the break, though. Max Player is also an April foal, so he's gaining maturity by the day. However, trainer, Lin- trainer Linda Rice has been ice cold over the last three months. Also, this one usually winds up wide at some point during each of his three starts. Jockey Rosario has a penchant for swinging his mounts wide on the far turn. This is a tricky call, but at the odds, he might be worth inclusion. Yeah, I could see that. Of course, you know, it's Joel Rosario, number one. Um, the horse had the big win in the weathers. That's a two-turn mile in the eighth race. The layoff, uh, 15 to one, maybe a little high. I could see someone dabbling on this horse. Um Honor code. Linda Rice does well in New York. Uh, I would not toss it. I think the horse has, has, has obviously has a chance. Yeah, I call this one a new shooter. Hadn't seen him in forever. Comes back. You know what? What is he capable of? Uh, you know, it's it's a big question mark. Only only three starts really, and uh, you know the last when it went a mile and an eighth. You know, Portos. I recognize that name. And Shotsky. You know, so those were decent horses. I don't know what they've done since then. It doesn't look like they've won. So I, I question those fields. Uh, 
you know, Linda Rice, you know, ice cold. You know, I, I don't know if she's going to get in, but maybe this is it. So. Number four is modernist. He's 15 to one on the morning line for junior Alvarado and trainer Bill Mott. Who was one also, also one of Belmont stakes with uh, Drosselmeyer in the past. Uh, modernist ran a solid fig late in his two-year-old year, then paired it up in the in the second start of his three-year-old year. He moved forward after a wide trip in the Louisiana Derby with a sneaky good effort. The time off should help this one develop more, as it should with Max Player. Trainer Mott rerouted this one to the Belmont after considering running in the Ohio Derby. I believe it is unlikely that he runs fast enough to win this, but he could certainly hit the board with another forward move. Yeah, I think you touched on it there. I'm, I'm a fan of this horse. I like this. Modern's, Modern's is going to be a really nice grade two horse. I'm not going to say he's not going to win. Um, the, the race in Louisiana Derby was better than it looked. He came from the far outside that day and just basically tracked the top two all the way home, Wells Bayou and New York traffic. Um, the figs look a little bit light to win this race. But he does run consistently. I think he could probably run all day. I don't think the distance is any problem for this horse. As he's proven in the past, he's got two wins at nine furlongs. If he gets himself up close, he could kind of one-pace himself into a pretty solid finish. We'll see what happens. The pace may be too fast going one turn. I don't know. But I'm a bigger fan of this horse than I think a lot of people are. Alan, I agree with you. I'm, I'm kind of in your boat. You know, I like the Uncle Mo Sire, Fred Distance. You know, the Risen Star, I thought, was a competitive field as well as the, the uh, Louisiana Derby, definitely with Wells Bayou. So, uh, you know, had a wide trip out that time. And Junior Alvarado's running great at Belmont this meet. You know, I've seen him being very active. I think more on the turf, I've seen him splash with some big, uh, big odd, long, odd horses. So uh, you can't knock the works. The, the horse seems to be in great shape, and Bill Mott knows how to position him. So he's waited for this, I think. And I'm, I'm going to play them. Number five is Farmington Road, 15 to one on the morning line for Todd Pletcher and Javier Castellano. Farmington Road is paired up three times in a row, and that's not necessarily a good thing because that means there's no development. He's a stone cold closer, so it's likely that he will suffer a wide trip on the far turn. If he only pairs up, he could get part of the superfecta, but would likely need to move forward to get a significant piece of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way right there. Uh, this this horse likes to pass tired horses, unless he got a really, really fast pace like he did in Arkansas where he can close. I think the one turn and the lack of maybe a blitzing pace is going to uh, prevent him from having a huge impact. I'm against him on the win end, but as you said, this is a horse always solid for Todd Pletcher to pick up the pieces in the, in the two, three, four slot. I'm against him on the win end. But uh, if the pace were to develop and he took to one turn, he could he could materialize a good effort. Uh oh, Alan, we're agreeing again. That's not oh, that's dear. not typical <laughs> because <laughs> I do think it's going to be a fast pace in this race. I, I do not think this horse is is being positioned here well. I think uh, there's many opportunities for this horse down the road. The Belmont is a big ask. I just don't see it today. Number six is four left, 30 to one morning line for Kentucky Derby winning trainer Doug O'Neill and jockey Jose Ortiz. Four left has run several times as a two-year-old, and he did establish a competitive top as a two-year-old. He did not reach that top, though, in his first start as a three-year-old, and we've not seen him since. This feels like a reach to even consider this one for a minor award, but Doug O'Neill has been sneaky in the past. Yeah, it does feel like a reach to me. I mean, you get Doug on Jose Ortiz. Outside of that, I'm not crazy about the horse. Two route tries previous to his last effort yielded nothing, quite frankly. Goes to uh, Dubai and does uh, take the uh, 2,000 guineas at a mile. So give him credit for that. A little bit of a surprise entrance, entrant here. Um, I'm against him, uh, but against Ortiz. So I would not kick him out of his super. You never know. I thought this was a shocking entry to me as well. I, I I don't know coming out of Dubai if that's a great race or not. I haven't gotten a chance to go back and look at that. You know, you don't really get many trip notes about that, and then no one's seen them since. So uh, is it sneaky? Heck yeah, it is. Uh, why is Jose Ortiz on him? How couldn't he not get another mount here? You know, 
I don't know about that either. I don't know how that went down, but um, I maybe watch the tote. If the tote moves over 30 to one and you start dropping to 20, consider. <laughs> Number seven is Jungle Runner. He's 50 to one on the morning line for Steve Asmussen and Relu Gutierrez. He's woefully slow and should not be considered for anything, but Brandon probably likes him. <laughs> no, uh, I, sure. I, <laughs> go ahead. I would ship back to Remington Bark. <laughs> well said. I, 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 not, I didn't know why this horse is running in the Arkansas Derby, and I certainly don't know why he's in a Belmont. Uh, he's maybe some minor Oklahoma stakes or whatever, but maybe Calumet just wants a Belmont horse. Uh, this one will not be anywhere on a, on a ticket for me, no. Number eight is your favorite, Tis the Law. He's six to five morning line for Barkley Tag. And Manny Franco, he's the fastest horse in the race. He was fast as a two-year-old and then ran two figs as a three-year-old. That probably puts him at the top of the three-year-old class. He's had significant, excuse me, he had a significant time off since the last big number in the Florida Derby to recover. Tis the Law is most likely the winner, but the only problem is the price. Barring a jump up from one of the other major contenders, he should win this. And at the worst, not be out of the exacta. Yeah, I think that's that's well said. Um, one of the issues I'm having that I see maybe down the road, maybe from a pay standpoint, I wonder uh, this horse likes to make his move on the turn for home and 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 just swoop to the front. If someone like um, the Cassie horse tap it to win on the inside, if he if he goes after tap it to win for and tap it to win fights back, maybe there's a bit of an internal hookup at the top of the stretch set for a closer. It's kind of what I'm, 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 maybe I'm hoping for, maybe I'm wishing for, but will he be able to just blow by these horses on a turn for home? I don't know. We'll see. He's probably good enough because whenever he's wanted to do it, he's been able to do it. But without a question, he's the horse to beat. Yeah. So I, I watched his last work that the last published work that I saw on YouTube. And I, I mean, honestly, the horse is full of himself. And gave the rider just a heck of a time. I mean, to control him down, he seemed to want to put a, put a seven furlong bullet down in like, you know, an unphenomenal, you know, phenomenal time. And I, I, I mean, he just seemed lo- locked and loaded. I can't knock him at all, but you're right. If it does take off to be a speed duel and he tries to clear, eh, you know, Belmont's deep and man, it's long. So you know, we'll see, but obviously he's going to be bet down. I think the final odds will probably be a three to five, four to five type choice. Agreed. Number nine is Dr. Post, five to one for Todd Pletcher and Erod Ortiz. Dr. Post has run twice in 2020 and paired up his last start, but that number is significantly slower than the best in here. Being lightly raced, he does have significant upside, so we would not be surprised to see him jump up and get a part of this. However, it is unlikely that he can prove enough since his last effort to even threaten the winner here. To me, he's an underlay at the morning line price. That hurts my feelings because I'm kind of on this horse a little bit, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if he can quite beat Tizalaw, but what I like about the horse in that debut, uh, it was seven furlongs. He's going to be one turn. He's going one turn a day, mile, of course, much longer uh, distance, but the – the race got significantly faster as they went along, and his late pace prison that was 109 in his second start. That's rolling. That is rolling. They tried him at two turns at uh, Gulfstream and the small stakes, and if you see the race, I watched the race that day. He was completely bracketed the whole way. He got checked. Um, I believe it was Irad went to the whip to get him going, get him through the get it through a seam. He got interfered with down a stretch. And when he saw daylight, he still went by it very easily in the short stretch. So I like this horse. Can he beat Tizalaw? Can he really close uh, the way he needs to at the one turn? Uh, Late in the race, we'll see. But the horse has never missed a beat in his works at Palm Beach Downs. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the horse. Can he beat Tizalaw? We'll find out. Yeah, I'm not for sure. You know, this is a fresh shooter, as they say. And, uh, you know, I do love the mount. The connections win at a high clip, you know, when trainer jockey are together the last, you know, 60 days. So uh, I'm I'm not there, but you, you can't knock the horse. It gives great efforts every time. Uh, well bet each time it goes out. So the tension's really drawn here. Will Todd pick up, you know, 
pick up something. It's possible. He's needed it. So, uh, and well-bred. So I'm passing it back. Number 10 is pneumatic eight to one for Steve Asmussen and Ricardo Santana. Like Dr. Post, pneumatic is lightly raced. He ran a good one in, in his debut in February, paired that effort up in April and then moved slightly backwards in his third start when beaten by Maxfield in the Matt Wynn stakes. With short rest, it is unlikely that he'll improve enough to factor for the win. Breaking from the 10 hole, he could also be in for a wide trip. To me, he's a fringe player. Yes, I was on this horse last time at Churchill in the Matt Wynn, and a lot of people like the race, but I try to look at things um, with the with a distant eye and I didn't really like the way he finished. He was on the inside down the, down the stretch with a moderate pace and he got passed by both New York traffic and Maxfield late. Um, there was only the only three horses left in the race and he let both of those go by. He's coming back on short rest. He's going one turn now. Uh, I think the horse has a lot of talent, a lot of, lot to look forward to down the road. I'm not crazy about him in this spot. Well, Alan, we don't agree here. So oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, going against Maxfield, New York traffic that day at Churchill, I think there was some rain a little bit. It was kind of a dark day. I, I, I'm going to give it to him. I think he's just starting to learn and just starting to, to get to where he wants to fit in with the big dogs. So Uncle Mo Sires, a love distance. Uh, you know, the, the actual dam is out of a tappet so that they have a great percentage there. So I think definitely underneath, and Ricardo, you know, uh, is going to keep him in the in the action. I don't know how he's going to sit the pace, though. I don't think he's going to be a pace horse. He's going to sit behind Tis the Law and tap it to win, I think. And and if those two guys duel, I think he's going to shoot up for a minor placing or, you know, maybe be in contention late. But that's a big dream. But I see it because Ricardo loves, you know, he, he gives it all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks guys for that. Uh, that. That was a that was a good rundown by you all. Uh, you're gonna have a hard time getting me off of Tiz the Law in this spot. Uh, he sentimentally, I like the horse. He's uh, he's a throwback to Funny Side. Funny Side's probably one of my favorite Derby winners. Uh, I like the Sacatoga guys. Uh, Barkley Tag. He's been in the business for a long time. He deserves a race like this. Uh, but you know, you're not supposed to bet with sentimentalities, but you know, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm still going to use him. I, I know he's going to be a low price. What I'm going to do, I'm probably going to try to get Soleil Volante out of the exacta. That's going to be my, my strategy. So what I'm going to do with a $75 budget, I'm going to play a $20 exacta eight with one. That's t- tis the law over tap it to win another $20 exacta. Tis the law over Max Player, and a third twenty dollar exacta. Tis the law over Modernist. Mm. So that's twenty times three, sixty dollars. And then I'm going to reverse it for five dollars. I'm going to play a five dollar exacta, one eight, three eight, four eight. That's seventy five dollars. If one of those three happens to beat Tis the law, I'll probably get my money back. But my plan is. Hopefully a horse like Max Player or Modernist will crash the Exacta, and it might pay twenty-five, thirty dollars, and I'll I'll get maybe three or four hundred dollars back off of my seventy-five dollar wager. Alan, how do you see this? Uh, if I'm gonna play this on a, I'll give you a, uh, that would be about a sixty-five dollar budget. I would go fifteen to one in place on Doctor Post. I, if the horse, the horse needs to be about five to one in my opinion. I don't want to take anything lower than four to one. Uh, because the horse still has to in- improve, and you can't take a short price on a horse like this. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think he's gonna be below five to one, maybe nine to two, because Tiz Law is gonna take a bulk of the money. I mean, a fifteen to one in place on Doctor Post, then a fifteen dollar exacta box with Doctor. And I'm not a big exacta box guy, but in this instance, I'll make an exception. Doctor Post and Tiz the Law, so there's sixty bucks, and then for a dollar, just in case Tiz the Law is not quite where he needs to be i'll take dr post with all minus jungle runner with tizzle off third so that's a bit of a saver play if tizzle is not and that's uh that'd be eight dollars we'll make it 68 dollars play 15 to win in place on dr post 15 dollars active box dr post and tizzle and a one dollar wheel dr post with all minus jungle runner with tizzle 
I want to apologize to Brandon. I, I, I've accused you of liking Jungle, Jungle Runner. Apparently, I've accused the wrong person. So. Oh, I don't like him. No, I said without Jungle Runner. We're kicking Jungle Without Runner. Jungle Runner. I misunderstood yeah. you. I'm sorry. I'm, I thought you said. No, I'm saving a dollar. I don't I don't want that horse anywhere near my ticket. <laughs> I got you. got you. I'm sorry about that. Well, back, Brandon, yeah, the onus is back on you now. Who do you, who do you like here? How, where's your money going to go? Well, you know, I'm definitely I'm going to do a straight bet, $50 to win on Tap It to Win. And then nice. with some left leftover pocket change, you know, because we all play this sport to make money. I really like money, especially when I'm right on horses, you know, like this. Uh, but, you know, it's fun on any type of big graded stake day or like a Belmont Preakness and also the Kentucky Derby. I always love a dime super box. So, you know. To look for some prices, I definitely am including Tap It to Win. I'm in between Sol Volante and Max Player. I don't know which way I'm going to go, but I really like an Honor Code Sire. I do not like Caritante. So I'll probably lean more to Max Player within my, my Dime Super. Uh, I'd like to include Modernist for sure, because Junior Alvarado's running great, I think, at Belmont. He knows the course, Ants and Uncle Mo. You know, and, and Bill Mott always loves to put in a good good spot and just solid works. You you, you got to see it. You know, 15 to 1. I love that. Law for sure. You could key him up top or key him just as, as anywhere to come in as well as Pneumatic. I think Pneumatic is going to run hard. Lost to Maxfield, not by much. And everybody thought Maxfield was going to win it all. You know, it's unfortunate what happened to that horse. You know, he was still progressing. He Maxfield, to me, was still green uh, and learning a lot. But, you know, the best horses, somebody's told me this, they may be the most athletic things you've ever seen. But if they don't have the right mindset, they're not going to be the greatest horses. They can be good, but they won't be great. So I'm going to think that the light took on to tap it to win. That's why I'm betting the win bet on them. I don't like not a lot of rest, but it's worth it. So I'm going to take that angle. I think Tappet to win will probably hover around the six to one line. I, if I see two to one, I will probably not bet it to win. All right. Well, thanks, so, guys. Uh, just for the record, I'm on Tiz the Law. Allen is on Doctor Post, and Brandon is on Tappet to win. So it should be a fun race. I can't wait. I always okay. get nervous uh, around these Triple Crown. But minutes to post for the for the one of the Triple Crown races. I always. Uh, I always got butterflies in the stomach, so I'm looking forward again to the renewal of the Belmont Stakes, even though it is a little strange this year. But uh, let's uh, turn the page, and we want to talk about Churchill Downs, our favorite track. Oh, yes. And, again, this Saturday is an 11-race card. And, again, it is uh, stacked top to bottom. It's a, it's a very competitive card. Two stakes races, including the $100,000 Ottoman on the turf for three-year-olds and the $200,000 Wise Dan stakes at a mile 16th on the grass as well. Let's uh, let's dive right into this card. Brandon, I think uh, you like a horse in the second race. Yeah, I'm skipping the first. You know, I'll still play it probably on a pick three. I'm not going to start out with a pick five on the day. I, that's kind of soul crushing to me if you miss in the first leg and anything can happen with those claimers, you know. But, you know, the same token is race two. You got claimers here, you know, at the 10,000 level. So you can debate on that all you want. Um, but, you know, I thought a fun bet here that I would include in a pick three is come on Venezuela. You know, why is Flo Giroux getting on this horse? How did he get cued in, you know, when R Rafael Bellarano was on there last? And you're starting to see horses that ran at Churchill Downs early in the meet repeating now. So, you know, I like seeing that action. You know, you, you really can't hang it on different things. But I will tell you, Greg Foley today actually won a lot of races. I think he won two by adding equipment or doing some changes. I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ride him a little bit and see if he can, you know, continue his own. Because you know how trainers get. they Once they get their string going, sometimes they get in the right momentum and they'll start winning consecutive races during the day. And I'm going to give my hat to Greg Foley here. Uh Maybe that's that's the well positioned, and I thought, uh, you know, another horse, and that's a ten to one shot, you know, and and if it can repeat the form that it had back at Keeneland uh, in 2019, you know, stretching back out, 
you know, you kind of throw off the fairgrounds race. I'm not, that was that just, he wasn't in the field there, uh, but came back to Churchill. I think that's a warm up, and he wants to go longer. Okay, let's uh, turn to race three. And this is allowance, mile and eighth on the turf course for older horses, mainly uh, three years old and up. But, uh, Alan, uh, how do you see race three playing out? Um, you know, this one uh, X race is not the best uh, race you've ever seen at Churchill. We say that a lot, it seems, especially at the mile and eighth distance. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Foley train and attorney Tim, the Rafael Bejarano. Uh, they did well for us last week with dance rhythms. And in this race, uh, this horse had blinkers for back, his only bad effort. Once they took it off, the horse really developed his late kick. Um, two tries a mile and 16th, he was flying in both of them at, the, at Churchill and at the fairgrounds. Got the maiden win at the fairgrounds. Did not run well in his first try against winners, but in fairness, I believe that the uh, turf course was really favoring speed at that time. And the top three, and they're all speed horses. I think that might have dulled his kick, uh, the, the bias on the fairgrounds turf course. Gets the rail today. It's not the toughest field in the, in the world. There's not a lot of pace in there. That's a problem. And you've got the Chad Brown horse and Tyler Gapleon, who is riding exceptionally well right now, uh, Mutagali. Uh, I could definitely see and expect Tyler Gapleon to just gun this horse out of the gate. He's done that numerous times this meet and just aired. Uh, especially mile and eight, the horse uh, has plenty of time to get over. So, Attorney Tim will need some pace. He may be chasing Mutagali home second. I'm not sure, but I'm willing to take Attorney Tim at a, at a bit of a price. Although I think he might be about six to one when they go off. Okay, so we're going uh, Foley back to back. Don't you guys think that? Uh, I don't know. I've seen over the years that when when Foley is live. Oh yeah. You'll see it on the tote board, right? Like, you, you will be uh, yeah sometimes i don't know he he drifts up in, in sconcy last week sconcy was 20 to 1 and sconcy blew them off the track um, right that's true he, he gets rolling he and i've said this many a time greg foley really does well at the beginning of a meet he got off a little bit of a slow start this meet in the first week or so but he's really picked it up and this is a short meet so maybe his horse just horses just needed a start and we'll see with attorney tim well, Attorney Tim is a half brother to uh, Major Fed. Major who's Fed on the Derby, yeah. yeah, he's on the Derby Trail. So the, this mare has been pretty, pretty good in the in the breeding shed. Uh, Brandon, how do you see uh, race three? Yeah, I'm going outside. You know, and a couple things caught my eye. I usually don't like West Coast shippers coming to compete at Churchill Downs or Keeneland. I just, you know, until they prove themselves, I give them a little, you know, race or two. But you know, this one on number 11, Hackberry at five to one with Flo on Drew on and with Jack Sisterson been training, you know, came out of a Dan Blackard stable out at Santa Anita back in uh, November. I like it. I like the play a ton uh, to where if you look back and this horse has been working out at Keeneland for a long time, an absolute long time, not one race. I don't know why they haven't positioned the horse to race. That's not, you know, it's not for me. I don't know what's going on. But if you look at April 11th, I mean, I know I'm going back months. I, rem I don't remember much of this past April because of all the different work and stuff I do for a living. But a 46 and four is pretty darn fast. Yes, the track was fast that day, I'm sure. But I like this play at five to one. Why is, why is Flo getting them out? They barely ever ride together like that. And when they do, they win. So, uh, I'm going to go outside to Hackberry is my number one, and it's out of English Channel. I'm always a, a fan of that sire. And then, you know, like Alan said, outside on the 12, the uh, Motogali, uh, you can't knock it with Chad Brown, the connections, Union Rags, a big price tag they that bought, you know, Chadwell Stable owns. They're going to want this horse to do something here. Uh, Dinar, if you all remember that horse, that, that horse ran a great race. I don't remember what that horse went off at, but uh, that, that was a very competitive race, you know, the last out. I like a repeat here, so I'm going 11-12. Yeah, Dinar was a heavy favorite that day. That was the off the turf, and Dinar was like the 17 horse, I think, but he, yes. he drew in. Yeah, he was uh, mm -hmm. he was a standout in that race. But going back to Hackberry, uh, you're uh, interesting that you mentioned that uh, you don't like the California horses shipping in to Kentucky. I, I was like that 
you know, any California horse that shipped in to run on the grass was almost an, an instant toss. But, you know, it's not been the, the case the last couple of years. So, uh, going back, there's a lot of the California trainers have shipped in and won some stakes. I know they won the Keeneland Mile last fall. I think Richard Baltus won that. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, Next Shares, I think Next Shares was, is one of those that uh, that won uh, from uh, shipping from California. So, yeah, you've got a point here that I think you could you could definitely consider using Hackberry here. Let's uh, let's it's turn my the single. page. My single. That's your, that is your wow. single. Okay, wow, oh. Brandon. Brandon stakes his claim. All right, I like it. So, let's, uh, let's skip ahead to race four. This is the start of the middle pick five this is a maiden special weight on the dirt six furlongs and these are three-year-old fillies or excuse me uh fillies and mares three years old and up uh brandon i think you like a horse in here who do you like yeah uh you know the number two uh, and i'm taking a shot here okay you know i the chantel won today on a big bomb and that always gets my attention I'm glad she won today. Uh, you know, Dallas Stewart, sneaky. He can be streaky as well. Uh, but, you know, the horse hadn't ran all year. So that's the knock. I can't say the works are really drawing my attention that much, but well worked. I mean, I think a five furlong work in a minute flat or a minute and three is a good work. I always do. I hope the head's right on this horse. Uh, you know, Spice Town. I, I I like the play. It's definitely a reach at ten to one, but I'm here to make money. I don't want to go home making two dollars on my four dollars. So I, I'm taking that angle as well as looking at the four. Obviously, Tyler's running like like clockwork, doing great. This horse shows everything on paper. So I'm going two four. I'm glad you brought up number two, Spidey Sherrill. I have an eye on that Philly too. Sire uh, Spitestown actually got got better as she got older or excuse me he got better as he got older he won, i think he won the breeders cup sprint at age five uh this mare is just okay she's not produced a whole lot but she did produce spike Sherrill, who was another dallas stewart runner uh this is a i believe this is a half or a full sister to spike Sherrill. and i you know i liked her a little bit even before the 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 two-year-old win today by dallas and uh and chantal so Think you think you might be on to something here, but I, there's about five in here that I would probably use if I'm kicking off my pick five. I think I like the two, the four, the five, the seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's four horses. I can't count, but you get the drift. <laughs> it's a tough race. I think it's a really tough race. I, I'm glad you went for a price there. So uh, let's uh, let's turn to race five. Now this starts the the second pick four of the day. And I really, really, really want to play this uh, sequence. And I'm very interested in hearing what Brandon has to say about race five. Well, you know, this condition always confuses me. Why? I I don't know. It just seems like somebody's going to come off from somewhere that I didn't see in a a course. They've shipped from Oakland. Oakland, to me, is always a big question mark. Whatever's going to happen around that dust bowl, I can't tell you. But, um... you know, I, I'm going again to look where Flo, Flo is actually taking them out on the number eight at 10 to one called gold credit. Phil Diamato, been slow, hasn't really raced a lot of horses at Churchill. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of funny. I've never looked at this figure very much, but a lot of people, especially people on TV, they love prime power. I don't know why, uh, you know, but it's a first prime power out of this bunch. Does it get a big separation from the group? No, not really. But, you know, the Phillies come out of different races. I, I, I don't ever like Oakland. I don't know why. I'm sorry, Craig. I know you love that track. It's just it's either chalk or 50 to ones that happen there. Thanks. I can't read Thanks, it that sir. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the second I, I always look for a second work or, you know, the second to last work for, you know, going 47 and three uh, June 7th. I, I think this horse could possibly get in the money. I'm, it's not a single. Phil Diamato, I don't know really where he trains that much. That's why I want to lean on you guys, because I don't see him that much around Churchill. But I, I'm going to look at this one. Well, his his 
main string is in Southern California. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's top. He's one of the top dogs out there. Yeah, I, he, I assume he ship, he ships his second string here. I, I, in my introduction to the race, I failed to mention this is a fifty thousand dollars starter allowance race, which means that this is for fillies or mares that have started for a fifty thousand dollars claiming tag. So your horse, uh, number eight gold credit, is actually dropping in class as she's ran three right. times at Oakland in, in allowance races. Now, I, w- I will say that last effort was against in the midst of biz. Uh, she was soundly me- beaten by that filly. That filly got really good at the end of the Oakland meet for uh, Cipriano Contreras. So, you know, that I, I would uh, I would think that this filly would enjoy some class relief. And, yeah, she finds it here. And, I mean, you got to go back to Churchill literally a year ago and see the last she was put in for the tag for 50 nine winners of two and ran an okay race but you know you can't go back that far i just you know certain different things that i see is flow you know phil diamato doesn't type tap on flow very often you know it shows it but when they do they connect uh i'm going to look at this and play it alan do you have any love for uh, the the four horse spitefulness oh gee you know i I was going to skip this race, but as you know, Michelle is in this race, and this horse really, really uh, improved under her tutelage last time to be second at 96 to 1, as we've discussed in this pod before. Uh, again, they scratched her out of that allowance race last week. She had no business being in, so this is a much smarter spot, uh, the starter allowance ranks for this horse um do i think she's gonna win no will she get some money yes yes i think the horse actually is pretty live in this spot i don't know if she's gonna win the race but i expect a good account of herself i'm glad she's running today as opposed to last week yeah that uh that 96 to 1 effort last time that that really hurt my feelings i used her in the pick four yeah that day yeah i, I think that was to the tune of about 3500 dollars, and she yeah. she led all the way to the last few strides uh beating yeah. by duplicitous but, you know, it's a bad horse with bad class and speed. And uh, yeah. at this level, at this level, she she improved. It was not a fluke second. The horse ran real well. So there's no reason to think she couldn't do it again here. I will add, I believe that the rider dropped the whip at the top of the stretch. I don't know that for a fact. That was from my naked eye. I think, I think she, uh, you might have to go back and watch the replay. I think I think he dropped the whip early in the stretch, so it, it might be might be worth a play back there. Yeah. Uh, let's turn the page. We're gonna go to race six. This is the first of the two stakes races on the card. It's a hundred thousand dollar Audubon stakes for three year olds, going nine furlongs on the turf, and this is an interesting race. I I have a price in here. I'm interested to know, uh, Brandon, who who you're going with here. Uh, the field pass, number six at two to one. I know it's chalky. Why am I thinking this? I, you know, the 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 connections. Lemon drop kid. I haven't seen that many lemon drop kids race. You know, at Churchill. Maybe that. Maybe I haven't paid attention or something. But I, I think this horse is repeating. It ran a great effort last. You know, in this past May, that on the 23rd was the favorite. Uh, you know. It, it had a, a little slowness to the back or, you know, as they were coming around, but I, I, I you know, they take the blinkers off. I, I saw that and I was like, wow, you know, five times with blinkers and now we're taking them off. Well, you know, the horse won a great, you know, a turf race at Laurel without blinkers last bet is the favorite. I know it's a while ago, but you know, maybe that'll wake them up, you know, something in my, and you know, with maker making the change with Tyler on, you know, I'm going to consider that horse. I need something easy here, uh, you know, but you're right. It could be bombs away, and I hope to hope to gain some information from you guys today. All right, Alan, what do you think? I think this race actually has uh, my most likely winner of the day, and it's on the piggyback here of Brandon. I, I think Field Pass wins this race. Um, the, the horse has been very consistent. Been run, I was not crazy about her in the last race, but she dropped dead last and came flying against uh, our buddy Smooth Like Straight and Pixelate. Again, yes. the horse the horse ran um, against her style, uh, against his style last time. I would prefer to be fourth or fifth, but uh, the way the pace fell out, the horse dropped 12th, but still come flying down the stretch in a really nice field, to be honest with you. And uh, Tyler gets aboard. The horse should be more forwardly placed today. 
There's not a ton of pace in this race. I think he can put the horse where he wants. And I think Field Pass wins this at 7-5. to five. I'd also be interested in your opinion of number one, Bama Breeze, at 8-1 yeah. to one morning line. You, this, uh, this guy took some money in the war chant last yeah. time. That was just his second career start, his first of the year. He, I know early on he was 10-1, to 1 and, and it caught my eye. I, I dismissed the horse in the race. I didn't really like his two-year-old debut. He did win on debut, which is rare for Rusty Arnold. He usually brings him along slowly. Uh, but the horse, he, he acquitted himself fairly well. I mean, he, I think he got kind of in behind horses coming around the turn and down the stretch. He did gallop out really, really well after the finish. I just wonder, uh, maybe we'll see some improvement second time out. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm with you there. Uh, the horse did surprise me. I think it was 30 to 1 in the morning line. Took took money. I think it was about 9 or 10 to 1 in the majority of the betting. And I believe there was a bit of a rain uh, as that uh, yes. race fell that day. Um, second lifetime start, first start of the year. That was not the easiest field to stick a horse like that in. So the, it gives me uh, a thought that the connections have confidence in the horse. They think the horse could be good. They're putting him right back in against some of these other horses. I expect a better effort. Uh, do I think that he'll beat uh, field pass? No. But I think the horse could make a, give a much better account of himself, especially with Corey Lannery down there on the inside. Um, you also have Spanish Kingdom, who looked really nice last time. Pixelate. Fenwick Station's always shown promise. I'm with, I think Bama Breeze could be a bit of a sneaky play here. I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. use him. He was 13-1. to 1. He should have been 30-1 to 1 in that return. But that, was, that was a very <laughs> tough effort. Uh, so somebody likes him, and my thought is maybe he's got a little more turn of foot than Pixelate and Field Pass. Field Pass seems more like a grinder. Yeah, now, he might like going nine furlongs, uh, but I'd, I'd slow, agree with that. If if they go slow, maybe Bama Breeze can can kick away and 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 make it tough on on the favorites. I like but, the idea. Uh, I really do. I really do. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, Craig. I'm starting to see that, too, myself. And, man, stretch it back out. Go to a mile and an eighth. This guy closes. All right, let's go to race seven. This is a $20,000 claimer, non-winners of two lifetime. Non-winners of two races, lifetime. It's on the dirt, six furlongs. Uh, these are for the uh, three years old and up the male variety. Alan, I think you, you have a play in here. I don't really necessarily have a play. I have a couple of blind plays. I'm just making note of the fact that Michelle Lavelle is in here with Nice of Me, and KW Captain Flint is in here for Michael Tomlinson, and I, they will be automatic inclusions for me in this spot. Uh, they both figure. It's not the greatest race in the world, but just pointing out the fact that I have auto-inclusion trainers, and these are two of them, so they have just as much chance as anybody else. That's all I say about race seven. Uh, hit it and move on. <laughs> I don't have any any perspective here. Alan, can you recap what numbers? Were you number 12? and That's the 10 and the 12. That's 10 is nice okay. to me from Michelle Lavelle, and the 12 is KW Got Captain it. Flint. I, I just They're both in the same race, and uh, so I will watch the race as a fan and as a better. Yeah, I've got no opinion here. Craig, please take us home. Get us a winner. Now, you know what? I was I'm going to play around with. A horse like number nine, Royal Commission. I don't like the morning line price there, six to one. I think he'll be higher than that, but he he tends to get in trouble coming out of the gate. And I think this trainer's due for some success. If he can go back to his very first start where he broke well and, and went wire to wire, I think, you know, he might he might have a chance here, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm completely lost. I like number eleven, Ace Destroyer too. I think he may be regressing, though. I, I, I honestly don't know what to do with this race. So uh, I might lean on uh, Allen selections, too. We'll go back to the old favorites, Tomlinson and, and Lavelle. But uh, let's go now to the first leg of the late pick four, a sequence I really like. It, and it kicks off with a one-mile, one-turn dirt mile here at, uh, at Churchill. A maiden special weight for three years old and up, Phillies and Mares. Alan, who do you like here? I'm using two here. I like two horses. I'm going to give the nod of the two on the win end to the number two horse, seven to two, Union Maiden for Chad Brown. 
the horse took a lot of money last time against an absolute Wayne Catalano buzzsaw named Ocean Breeze. They battled for favoritism throughout, and it looks like Ocean Breeze destroyed him. He's third by eight and a half lengths in this spot, but he this horse got checked hard on the inside. He got checked hard about uh, maybe a um, quarter of the way into the race, lost all chance, and still came rallying again. Uh, to claim third and kind of a blanket finish. Horse showed me a lot of heart that day. Um, seven to two, Tyler uh, gets the board because Javi's in uh, New York. I think don't think the horse will be seven to two. I think the one turn mile works real well for this one. Um, I'm on Newton Maiden here. I think a, a chance for a little redemption here. The other one I like is uh, Dallas Stewart and Joe Talamo on um, number eight, April in Paris. Uh, the horse uh, had a bit of a steam in the last uh, start. Ran a real good fourth against the really, really heavily favored Samoa for Bill Mott. Gave a good account of himself. Finished late. You like to see that in the first timer. Um, ran to the works. Dallas does better second time out. I- I'm on those two horses. I'll give the edge a Union Maiden. It's Tyler, but uh, April in Paris would not surprise me. I made note in Union Maiden's last star. She looks like a type that might want to go long anyway, so this mile might suit her to yeah, a team. It's between the eyes, yeah. Brandon, uh, who do you like here? Yeah, I'm, I'm with everybody here on Union Maiden, and, uh, I, you know, it's funny. Here again, when we've got Maidens here in this position in Phillies, uh, if everyone wants to look at the five, torment, maybe it's a torment, but Tormenta, uh, with Larry Jones as a trainer, not getting a well-known jock. Santos Sandor doesn't really ride at Churchill's had 11 mounts, I think, thus far. I, you know, there's something here, okay? And let me tell you why I think this. When you work in a horse five and five and six furlongs, you know, this this then they had two races at six furlongs. I, I just think they're, they want to go longer. This is a big shot. I get it. But let me tell you another horse that I found is a big shot that I singled, which is crazy. It was 17 to one on a pick three. I did not have the guts to do on a pick four, but do you remember a day, the horse's name, um, something country it's, uh, I've got it. Country house. No, (laughs) no, 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 not that day. (laughs) And these are friends of mine that, uh, uh, that I've I have followed a while and now the name is escaping me. But that horse oh, was it was, the Hartledge the Hartledge horse. What a country, uh, maybe. Yeah, what a country, what a country. Yeah, yeah. So that horse would work six and seven furlongs like it was a regular day. And I mean, you want to put a well conditioned but a smaller boned horse. I mean, that horse to me when it was compared to others was smaller. And then that day when it came home at seventeen to one, and you know. It, it, it had a lot of starts to break maiden, but I'm going to tell you, that horse has got something special uh, to look for later on because the first time out, it ran against a, a winner automatically that went into a stakes race but got DQ'd. Uh, you know, something, I forget what happened with this other winner that entered, and it was like a one to two, but then they came underneath as two to one. You know, it was the second choice uh, that finished that day. I, you know, I could be totally wrong. This thing is a dog. Never a threat. You read all these lines, but I just want to see a little longer. And Larry Jones is sneaky. He is so sneaky. On that note, well, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to use that Philly in my uh, pick four now because I, I had no interest in that Philly beforehand, but now you brought that up. I think I will use her. And that's Speed's the kind of, decent. Well, that's, yeah. the kind of Philly, that's the kind of Philly you want to win anyway if you don't have a real opinion. I mean, that's the, that's the type you want. If she'll go off 20 to 1, that's perfect to lead off a pick four. So I will use her then. Uh, let's go to go to race nine. This is the grade two wise Dan stakes, formerly the firecracker handicap uh, back in the day, but it's a mile and 16th on turf for the, for the older horses. Uh, to me, wise Dan is one of the best horses in the, uh, in the last 25 years. I, I have a special place in my no heart. Question. Yeah. I have a special place in my heart for a horse that fires every time when you need him. And that's, that's awful selfish of me to say that, but you know when you're when you're coming down to the last two legs of a pick four and you've got a horse like Wise Dan singled and and, and he lays it on the line just about every single time. Uh, I, I want a lot of money on that guy over the years. I, I, and to me, he he 
is one of the best. I would put him up there with maybe Teppin uh, as one of the best uh, turf horses in this country in the last 25 years. And I think I think Wise Dan could run with anybody. But anyway, uh, Brandon, uh, who do you like here in the Wise Dan stakes? And you're right. Wise Dan, I always remember him on the turf at Keeneland and motoring from the back and cleaning up the pieces. I mean, just what a phenomenal horse. Ran its heart out forever. You know, factor this, uh, you know, that's a hard one to, to shake from. Uh, a, just a great barn, great connections, high percentage everything. you got to see it. So I'm going to go quickly, though, just some underlays underneath. I love Corey Lannery on Aquaphobia with Mike Maker. Uh, I'm going to – I think that's a competitive horse. I, I definitely think uh, the last time out at Gulfstream – was 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 setting it up for for maybe this race this is a great position for that race i like seeing our local boy Corey getting the mount uh and then you know i'm always i've always liked parlor i mean parlor runs its heart out almost all the time i mean and then you know the workouts i mean solid i think parlor tyler maker those are combos that i'm gonna i have to include in in everything that i'm doing Alan, are you okay? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got a little. I'm an old man. I got a cough once in a while, pal. <laughs> uh, you got choked up thinking about Wise Dan, but uh, <laughs> like Brandon says, uh, yeah, that this is the return of Parlor, which is which is our very first tough beat of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. Uh, Alan, that was your <laughs> uh, that was your top pick on the very first yeah. episode, and he suffered a horrendous trip. Any chance you like him back here in, in this spot? Well, I can tell you one. It will not be our uh last horse beat either a uh, bad beat but yes i do like him here but i like two horses and they're they're pretty obvious horses uh the favorite number three factor this uh in great form controlling speed and what I, what i mean about controlling speed for those who don't know a horse that can get to the lead and just get an easy lead and basically back the field down be in cruise control and a horse that can go uh, get a mile, a mile and sixteenth mile lead. That's what factor this has. And he's drawn real well. He's drawn well for a horse with his type of speed on top of it because there's not a lot of speed in the race. I expect him to be out on the pace. The flip side of that is Parlor's on the outside, and Parlor had a terrible break last time, passed every horse in the field and got caught. The, the trip absolutely beat the horse. The thing is, today at this mile and sixteenth distance from the outside, and Tyler on him. He's going to be closer to the pace today, I believe. I, I expect to see factor this out in front, parlor lane third or fourth, where he wants to be, not like last time. I think these two battle it down the stretch. I'm not sure who gets there first, but uh, out of uh, a better price, I'll take parlor on top. I think Aquaphobia can factor in here as well, but give me parlor and factor this in some combination. Well, this race does feature March to the Arch. He won the race uh, last year, as a matter of fact, at uh, 10 to 1. And uh, he comes back after a poor effort in the Shoemaker Mile. I think he was probably up, up too close to a really, really tough pace. And uh, Cassie is not having no. a great Churchill meet at all. No. Uh, but but this horse, he he's proven he, 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 does, he does okay on the Churchill lawn. So I think you might have to give him some consideration. Uh, I'm like you guys. I think you got to use uh, factor this. But my top selection is number two, English B. I'm going to take a uh, take a flyer on this guy. He was <laughs> he was in the uh, he was in the parlor race last time uh, behind Spooky Channel and Hembry and those types. I think uh, Castellano moved way too early around the turn like many of them did and he got hung out uh, four wide coming off the turn into the stretch and and he just got 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 too close to the lead too early uh, he, he draws better he was in the 11 hole last time he draws better this time he's in the two hole and i think james graham suits him to a t i think i just want him to to maybe sit behind maybe two three links two three links behind the the pace setter which would probably be factor this and i just want him to uh as Siri chimes in here beside me, uh, I just I just want him to set, 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 and then about the eighth pole, I want him to fire, and maybe he can find a seam, and you know, a ten to one, twelve to one, I think he's worth a shot here. Uh, going on to race ten, this is the first half of the late daily double. It's a maiden special weight for three years old and upward. 
six furlongs on the dirt. And I'm kind of surprised that either one of you doesn't want to take a shot at this race. There's a horse in here I really like, and it's number two lucky asset for Brian House. If you go watch his debut, which was on the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes card at Turfway yeah, on March 14th. Yeah, he, this horse, you know, he broke fine. Uh, he sat behind a, a, a three-ply duel. And, you know, going into the turn, Corrales punched, punched the – the accelerator and, and he just shot up the rail and probably moved too fast. He got a little tired late and, and barely held on for second. But I mean, that was a really, really nice effort. First time out. Um, this horse is a half brother to twilight eclipse who was, a uh, multiple stakes winner on the grass. So he might have a, uh, a future on the turf course, but I believe Brian house has pulled some shockers in on the Kentucky circuit in the past. Didn't he, he won a race at uh, Keeneland with a first-time starter, I believe. Is that, is that correct? He beat a Chad Brown horse. Yes, and he I, did. Now, he, he won a stakes out here on the turf last Or no, he won a high end, uh, night racing, a uh, high-end allow, allowance race on the turf out here last year, I believe. Yeah, so he this horse can – the trainer can get things done. I, I, I think I think the horse might have a bright future. So uh, that's uh, – that's, the one I'm going to concentrate on this, this race didn't come up real strong. Uh, number six savvy for, uh, Ian Wilkes might have a shot, but he's coming off a layoff. Uh, he's a four year old. So, you know, something's, something's amiss there. So, you know, he may not be ready to fire first time out of the box, but, uh, yeah, for me, number two, lucky asset is, is a play I really like here. Uh, you guys want to add anything else uh, into the 10th race? Uh, I'll just mention that the horse, the the horse you uh, just discussed for Brian House, uh, that race on Ruby Stakes Day, people are going to see turf lane and automatically dismiss it. You, generally speaking, on that day, you'll get some better grade maidens, first time starters, maiden uh, maiden level runners. So automatically. The maiden special weight there is tougher than on an ordinary turf weight day, if that makes any sense. So the, the horse is coming to have a better race than it might appear at first glance. So I can completely understand why you like the horse. Yeah, the winner that day was uh, Artemis City Limits. That was a, uh, a Ken Ramsey mm-hmm. horse for uh, Wesley Ward. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and they did run a fast a fast fig that, that day. So I, I, I'm... I'm 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 not necessarily all in on this horse, but I, he will be featured prominently on my tickets, and that will lead us to the last race. And I think probably this is probably my this bet is of the my, this is my bet of the day. Uh, and if I can find her, well, yeah, she. I mean, she's excuse me, he's eight to five morning line. He'll probably go down lower than that if he's live at all. He'll probably be four to five even money. But that's number three, Big Dreaming, for Wayne Catalano and Frank Calabrese, and this is a son of the two-year-old Philly champion dreaming of Anna who has also produced a very fast horse named fast Anna. Who's a, who's a good sire right now. This horse in his first start, uh, he was trained by Michael Stidham first out. And that was at Tampa in, uh, early May the horse set the pace and, and was, was tackled by a horse named Talaco. Talaco really, really came on strong at the end big dreaming never did really give up until late in the late in the game Talaco uh unfortunately broke down in a in a in the, the the next race i think he ran belmont in a lounge race but he did break down unfortunately uh big dreaming that however is a is a big imposing horse i think uh i mean you know michael stidham rarely wins first time out so the fact that this horse ran second means he probably did it on his own and now he goes to, to Wayne Catalano. Uh, Catalano adds blinkers. I don't like anything else in this race. I'm probably going to single Big Dreaming. I hate to single in the last leg of a pick four, especially I don't like to single a favorite. But I, I can't find any, any way around this horse. So uh, for me, for me, Big Dreaming will cap off hopefully a big pick four. <laughs> Brandon, are you awake? Yeah, I you know there was one thing I wanted to add and and I might I might put insurance on this bet just because I'm feeling I'm feeling good about tomorrow or well Saturday's card uh, in race ten. This is a long shot, of course, uh, but I, I, I'm entertained as I'm scrolling through here 
of the horse number seven, race 10, hometown. Uh, you know, been working at Keeneland, out of Constitution, tis the laws out of Constitution. Adam, Adam Bashitza, you know, he's a great jockey. The sire wins a lot. Uh, the dam has a lot of winners. Uh, maybe look at that. 20 to 1 is the morning line. Uh, you know, first-time starters, I love them. So pay attention there. But in the last, Craig, I hope you can get me home on Big Dreaming. I <laughs> hope you can get me there because I'm going to need it. It's a long day. We've done a lot of work. But, you know, there's another horse I have to use is Bullseye Bun. I always like Corey to, to take me home. I don't know why. He just seems to have that niche there at, at, at Churchill. Uh, and it's out of a dialed in. Great works. First time starter. I'm going to use it. Okay, let's back up now. We're out of order. Let's go back to race 10 because I, I think I want to talk about your your selection there. <laughs> Hometown. This is a, yeah, like you said, it's a son of uh, Constitution. The mayor produced Dancing Rags, who won the, right. uh, the Alcibiades Stakes. Uh, so, yeah, that, that you know, and with Windstar horses, you'll probably know if they're live on the first click of the tote board. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. This horse might be worth inclusion in your late pick four. Um, yeah, just something for fun. And if I wanted to offer our, you know, our listeners some insurance, if you send me the ticket on Twitter, I'll, I'll rebate you or I'll cover you. If it doesn't come in the money, $10 for each bet. Let's, so let's see how much I'm, I'm going to end up paying out in insurance. Well, okay. <laughs> hey, right, let's hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, just for the record, I need you to restate what you just said. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna limit it though. <laughs> you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's let's hear this. For any of our listeners that made it through to listen to my my big bet of the day in race ten, the number oh shoot, number seven. Where am I at? Yeah, race ten. Race 10. Yeah, race ten, hometown at twenty to one. For anybody that shows me a ticket that did not come in the money on a on a, a win, place, or show bet only, $10 maximum, 10 tickets maximum for the first 10 viewers, I will I will send you PayPal or Venmo $10. Okay. <laughs> My hero. I love you, man. We got to make it interesting, so let's play. I understand. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we ran long today, but it was it was a good program. I enjoyed enjoyed uh, hearing your your guys' analysis. Uh, look forward to the Belmont Stakes. Look forward to uh, to a really nice uh, betting day at Churchill Downs. Uh, good luck to you guys. Good luck to all of our listeners. Good luck to hometown in the tenth race <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. I might load up onto the horse now just uh, just so I can get Brandon's money. But uh, like I said, good luck to everybody, and uh, we'll we'll see you next weekend. It's a big weekend of racing. It's a closing weekend of Churchill, the Stephen Foster Stakes. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that car like we usually do. And uh, until then, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me rather than a frontal lobotomy. Good night. Fantastic. <laughs>